welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the number one online broadcast network for movie talk, this is the Cosplay Coach. Costume breakdowns and tips and tricks to create your own. And now, the coach yourself, Meredith Placco. Hi guys. It's uh it is that time of the week in which we do an a cappella version of the Game of Thrones theme song. I hope you're ready for that for the next 11 weeks because I don't know about you, uh but every time I load up the DVR and watch Game of Thrones, I have to sing along. Can't help it. Anyways, hey guys, I'm Meredith Placco, your cosplay coach. Welcome back. I am super Super excited for episode two, and I have some beautiful ladies joining me <laughs> this week. I want to uh, point to you first, my darling. I'm Katie Elhoffer at Elhoffer Design. And you do what? I'm a freelance costume designer and an official apparel designer at We Love Fine. <laughs> And joining us for the first time. Hello, I am Emma Fife. You can follow me on Twitter at Emma Fife. It's my name. I am a huge Game of Thrones plan and plan. Right. Yes. I, I tried Good. to make fan and cosplayer, I think, into one word is what yeah, happened. I don't think that word works, Yeah, no, no, doesn't exist. Anyway, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan and also a cosplayer, so thanks for having me on the show no, today, I'm, Meredith. I'm super <laughs> excited to have you guys. And and like we said, this is the cosplay coach on the Popcorn Talk Network. Make sure you head on over to the YouTubes, the interwebs, the iTunes, and everywhere you can. Find us, like us, subscribe to us, because that's what keeps us coming back. And uh, I'm going to keep short introductions because of a stacked show today. I was about to say a very bad word because my head is in a very <laughs> different place right now. Um, live shows. Live shows. Yeah. Uh, and, and as if you hadn't noticed, we're going to be talking a little bit about Game of Thrones today. Uh, so we've got the world of Westeros and beyond, which is an amazing world created by author George R. R. Martin that after about, what was it, four books uh, was when we saw season one of the TV show come about. Yeah, I, at yeah. that point there were four yeah, books the published. Had dropped, yes. Yeah, had just dropped. Yep. I remember, I remember devouring the fourth one, and I was like, I gotta go watch this the show. Yeah, um, which you know, fantasy novels have been kind of my mainstay. What got it's what got me into geekdom. Me too. Very first thing was uh, <laughs> Dragonlance. Oh, yeah. so natural progression into this. Um, <laughs> And while Martin crafts such a beautiful world with his words, uh, when they brought on Michelle Clapton, who's the head costume designer for Game of Thrones, she brought a visual appeal to this universe that I I couldn't even begin to imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, so Michelle Clapton nominated for four Emmys in costume design uh, for Game of Thrones, one for season two and four. Oddly enough, she began her uh, career as a fashion designer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she actually didn't like the business side of things. I don't blame her. <laughs> I don't blame her one bit. <laughs> she ended up styling uh, for bands and music videos and short films and found that she just really, really loved costuming and decided, heck, I'm going to get into this. So she got into costume design, uh, never worked as an assistant for a day in her life. Must be pretty nice. And <laughs> yeah. she just lucked out to start doing what she loved when she got into it. And uh, it's very apparent, though, her love of fashion throughout the series, because one of the great things about Game of Thrones is that while it's a fantasy world, it's very much a real world where fashion trends 
set the mood. Like you have Cersei Lannister in King's Landing, where many fashionable women, at least from the start, want to dress like her. Absolutely. I mean, and you see that in all the different kingdoms within the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros, as well Mm -hmm. as in Essos, that basically the nobility is what sets the tone for what everybody else is dressing like. Much like our pop stars Exactly. They're like the Kardashians. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wouldn't say that. and 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 she's got such an amazing team that she works with. Uh, before we get into the costume, I really just want to spend some time celebrating these the, yes. these individuals. <laughs> yeah, the amazing um, craftsmen. That oh work my on. gosh! So so one of the the um, wonderful people that Michelle Clapton works with is Michelle Carragher, who's the principal embroiderer. I went on her website recently, and <sighs> you, if you haven't go on her website, it's um, michellecarragherembroidery.com. You don't realize how much embroidery work has gone into all of these costumes. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, Daenerys's costumes have an incredible amount of embroidery they on really them. They really do. Like, the dragon scale embroidery. And she even has a tutorial on there about how she does the dragon scales. Yeah, and, that's like, yeah. and she even has a lot of, like, Cersei's motifs yeah. that she'll, she'll release. And, and um, Carragher is so great with the fans that she, if you have a question, message her and she will answer when she has time. Yeah, but, I, I mean, you need to go, mm-hmm. like, appreciate the up-close details on, on these costumes that she's doing because... Mm-hmm. you don't necessarily really notice them watching the show. Yeah. Like, I had no idea how much embroidery was on Daenerys's blue dress that she wears when she goes and acquires the Unsullied. Yeah. And I was looking at it on the website. I was like, holy moly! Yeah, because you, you kind of know some of like, the armor yeah. detail, but you don't realize the, the level of hand embroidery yes. in there. Well, and that's what takes it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like that's, If you did notice it, then it would be a problem. You're right. Yeah. That's, that's very right. true. Uh, other other uh, on the staff is Simon Brindle for the armor. Mm-hmm. Kevin Ag- Alexander, who does the hair. <laughs> and that, the hair, you see, especially with Marjorie, Cersei. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, and Daenerys. Just, Daenerys. I was is... just reading about the beast that is her wig. They have, like, four different versions of it. And they use whichever one is the least dirty that day. <laughs> I just saw the braiding that goes yeah. into oh, it yeah. too. It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. phenomenal. I mean, I, I love hair designer. You're a hair artist yeah. at that point. Yep. How and about Marjorie's wedding wig and Sansa's? Oh, I my mean, gosh. both of them. I know. Well, we'll definitely d- dive into Marjorie's a little bit later, but yeah. but Sansa's is just. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, and, yeah. and the other thing too that I love about with with the costuming and the hair is that it shows the evolution of these characters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and we'll see, you know, especially with Marjorie where she begins to wear her hair more up mm-hmm. and more to reveal more of her skin to yep. really set her apart from Cersei. Well, uh, and the costume designer like works yeah. so closely with the hair artist. Yes. yes. Like the, it's so crucial. Well, and, and yeah, they, they really, the, the hair speaks of the costumes. Like you can't mm-hmm. really have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then we've got Tommy Dunn as the weapons master, <clears throat> which there's a really great video floating out there from this season mm-hmm. where he talks about breaking down the sand snakes uh, different weapons the the spear which is based off of Oberon's spear the whip and the daggers and everything and that's really worth uh, checking out and we'll post that link later on and it's just some some phenomenal stuff. And so what uh, Martin did when uh, he came to Michelle about saying, hey, you're going to be our designer, he really just let her do and the whole team do as they please. Mm-hmm. As you've noticed, there's the, the costumes in the show are darker and less colorful than what you read in the books. Um, you know, I kind of had that issue with uh, Daenerys' current consort. He doesn't have the blue triple four. Yeah, yeah I, I was very... Uh 
disappointed yeah. initially in the appearance of Darian Harris. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and then he keeps changing he actors. He keeps changing actors, so. <laughs> That's what happens when you have good actors. Yeah. They get cast in other things. Yeah. But, but so it's, it's amazing that, um, why she chose to go with the toned down look is, is because the, the world itself is so real and grounded and to bring it, it's already a fantasy show with yes. hints of magic dragons and to keep it with the darker colors and mm-hmm. the more realistic tones is going to ground a general audience. I completely agree. I mean, she talks a lot about how she thinks she puts so much thought into what materials would these characters actually have available to them? Mm-hmm. How rich is this person? How many outfits would they have realistically? So I, I think that she does an amazing job of creating this incredibly thorough and believable yeah. world. And we see the rich colors coming through in Dorn mm-hmm. and and especially when we go across the sea, like you just you see a lot of different designs. And well and sounds like it's a lot of rich colors too that are that appear subdued after they do color yeah. correction. Yes, but her gowns are like a very true. deep purple. Yeah, and that's something and that's another thing to touch on real quick. Um and we didn't really get to talk about much with Cinderella last week is the amount of color correction that goes into mm-hmm. film and television. So I had the chance when I was at South by Southwest last year to go look at the Game of Thrones traveling costume exhibit and I got to see most of the major costumes up close in person and it's really amazing to see the color shifts that yeah. um, Marjorie's wedding gown is almost like a, a pale like light blue tan mm-hmm. in person versus like the blue steely blue you yeah. see on yeah. the screen uh, so you will see a lot of, of stuff done in post and, and as a costume designer as a cosplayer recreating these costumes, mm-hmm. you kind of have to make that conscious choice of are you going to go with screen accurate or are you going to go with costume accurate? Well, and a lot of stuff like the the, the season five photos that were being released before the show yeah. came out, like we're seeing we're seeing the costumes and cosplayers want to immediately start cosplaying mm-hmm. them because they're amazing. Yes. So they'll go with that. And then once it drops, like I've, I've seen enough cosplayers yeah. are like, oh, now I have to remake mm-hmm. the costume. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you don't. It's still accurate. Yeah. yeah. Like just color correct the photos that you take. Exactly. <laughs> just a little yeah. hue and saturation. You're fine. <laughs> now, in terms of the costuming, the costuming team has about a hundred people where they do 700 costumes per episode. I just have visions of this workshop they're working out of being like, eight rooms. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's it's so amazing. And like, so we, we touched on a little bit where the costumes are used to show influence and status. Um, and, and you mentioned where the characters live. Uh, one of the things I specifically love are the Lannisters and everyone in King's yes. Landing. Uh-huh. Because while it's an extremely wealthy and opulent uh Town where where the wealthy are wealthy and the poor are poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to see that in a lot of like the silks and velvets and the jewels, mm-hmm. just like dripping everywhere from Cersei, as opposed to the Starks. That you know they don't have as much wealth in the no. north, and it's a very cold, you know, desolate, and they're hardy people. Yeah, and you see that reflected with wools and linens and, and leather. Well, and necklines that go all the way up, up to their neck yeah. to keep them warm. Versus, yeah, the sexy plunging neck. <laughs> and seeing Sansa's transformation from that into co- looking more and more like Cersei, and then a little bit like and Marjorie. Like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just kidding, I don't want to be like crazy Cersei. Yeah. And, uh, and just, it's it's phenomenal, uh, the the amount of attention and detail that Michelle and her team put into this. And I think one of the things that I love the most is the character development that we see through this. I think it, for me, I see it most in Sansa and Marjorie. Yeah. Where, yeah. as you mentioned, Sansa, Sansa started wanting to be like Cersei. Well, first she didn't, she just didn't want to be like the Stark. She wanted to yeah. be, you know, this isn't, I'm I'm better than this. Yeah. And then she kind of goes on to being more like Cersei and as, as she realizes the utter abuse that she goes mm-hmm. through, um, she actually adopts a more subdued look in King's Landing almost to blend in mm-hmm. with the surroundings but not the people. Yeah. Some quotes that I've read uh, about that transformation is mm-hmm. she 
goes very, very far towards looking like Cersei, and she even styles her hair like Cersei mm-hmm. does with the braid mm-hmm. on top of her head and the side things. But she eventually starts to just sort of fade into the background, goes back a little bit to looking like her mother, and then mm-hmm. eventually starts adopting some nods to Marjorie. Yeah. And then of course, when she moves into the Eyrie, that transformation, I think, is the best. The, the dress we see at the end of season four, the yes. Black Raven dress. The Mockingbird dress. Because yes. yes. <laughs> we see her go from, like, I'm a meek little girl to I'm a boss bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that yeah. that is actually exactly what Sophie Turner yeah. said about yeah. the character, was she goes from being the victim to being a boss-ass bitch. Yeah, <laughs> and it shows so much in that costume, and that is, I think, you know, we because we, you asked me when we were talking, like, if I've ever done a costume from yeah. Game of Thrones, and I, there's so many I want to do, and I think, like, from a designer standpoint, that's the one I'd like to most do. Oh, the Elaine Stone dress, yeah. 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 And, uh, and something that I was reading that I thought was really interesting that um, Michelle Clapton was talking about, about that costume, mm-hmm. was that specifically she didn't want it to look like a brand new dress. Sansa didn't have the time or the resources to make herself an entirely new mm-hmm. dress. But we know that she's dyed her hair. So it's not unrealistic to think mm-hmm. she could also dye the fabric of her yeah. dress to create that black yeah, dress. Yeah, she kind of, I was reading how she she pulls fabrics from different things yeah. and different clothing to, to recreate her style, mm-hmm. which I think is, is a great way to, you know, it's very... Uh, Gone with the wind in yes. a way. Yep. <laughs> Making a dress out of curtains. Well, you see her sewing it in a previous yeah. yes. before, yeah. which is really great. Yeah. Like, and, a, and it shows also Sansa's feminism that yeah. it's okay that like a seamstress can have power. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean she does wear that the necklace mm-hmm. around her neck, which has a needle on it, which is a symbol of her feminine power. Basically, yeah, and, and I think mm-hmm. a nice nod to Arya yeah, as it well. Absolutely, is meant oh. to be a nod to Arya because I think at that point she still thinks she's dead. I know. Sad. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, if you had watch last season. And then uh, the other one that we will get into, because uh, we did take to vote what costumes you guys wanted us to break down. Sadly, Marjorie's uh, dress did not, or not Marjorie, uh, Sansa's dress didn't make it, but Marjorie's wedding dress did. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit later and talk about how her character arc uh, is transformed through her clothing. A yes. uh, little bit I do want to share. Um, I was able to dig up some of the fabric shopping uh, that Clapton and crew do. They That's go awesome. to tr- Italy. Paris and Madrid to look at fabrics. Of course, they scout London, uh, mainly in Shepherd's Bush, Chelsea Harbor, and Berwick Street. Also, guys, if you want to be like the true Game of Thrones cosplayer, head over to Belfast, go to John England. That's apparently her favorite. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. This is a line. If you guys go shopping out there, if you live in another country, let me know because I could use some... Uh, Hands. I'm pretty sure they run like over 120 pounds a yard, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's fine. That's you're gonna spend easily in American dollars, like seven to ten grand on fabric, which is fine. Yeah, I actually, I had a, I had a friend who did the Marjorie wedding gown. Um, she found the actual fabric from a uh, supplier in London, and oh, it was geez. 700 a yard. But luckily, yeah. Marjorie's wedding gown, you need like two and a half yards of it. Yeah, the train takes up the most. Yeah, mm-hmm. on and, it. and you can you can you can uh, fake the train with something else. If yeah, you want to save yeah. Some money. The cost is of no worries. The cost uh, is Lannister of no worries. always pays his debts. <laughs> I mean, and, you're gonna wear it like for your most important day of your life. I mean, I'm gonna wear it for yeah. my wedding. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm just gonna make a cosplay and wear it to my wedding. <laughs> oh, no. Though at this point, between Cinderella and I Princess know. Serenity, I think I have my you have my your pair. wedding dress on lock <laughs> and her reception gown. Yeah, that's just changed like five times. It's fine. <laughs> 
Um, now, also another thing is most of the costumes are actually made in-house, with the exception um, of, a, of a handful when they run mm-hmm. out of time. So Michelle Clapton really likes to keep everything hands-on, and they'll spend about 10 weeks uh, doing pre-pro uh, design and, and gathering fabrics um, and, and working with the cutters and pattern makers and armorers to break down uh, before they even arrive in the, the workshop. And then uh, this is a neat little fact that I think you guys will appreciate. 99% of the time, Michelle bans the use of overlocking on the principal costumes, encouraging hand finishing uh, whenever they can, even on extras. And overlocking is, uh, if if are you wearing a t-shirt? Look on the inside of your t-shirt <laughs> and you will see like this like multi-stitch either on the Same. side seams. Yep. Right there. It's uh, perfect. It's uh, used in I a... I uh, figure this out. I know. It reverses hard. Uh, just look on your inside of your clothing. Um, an overlock stitch is a surged uh, mm-hmm. stitch. It's used with a special machine that's either three, four, or five stitches. Uh, and it's a, an easy way to finish a garment, but because Mar- or, uh, Michelle wants such accuracy to the time period, she wants everyone to actually hand finish it. Well, and when you overlock, you have, or surge, mm-hmm. um, it's cutting the f- fabric and then binding it all in one yes. so that you can machine wash it. Yeah. Yeah. But when you go to put that back to back, because you are going to have to line these garments to get mm-hmm. the look that she achieves, mm-hmm. it causes it to bulge funny. So when you, when you sew something with a single needle, you tend to press open the seam, right. and then mm-hmm. you put the other press seam over that. Yes. Yeah. But when you do overlock, you can't. Yeah, which yeah, um, you can't open the seam anymore. Yeah, which, uh, Cinderella was all um, machine stitched, pressed open, no mm-hmm. overlocking uh, in that because uh, you couldn't. I couldn't achieve the look yeah. I wanted yeah. with that. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple other things is that they have weavers and embroiderers and fabric printers uh, who create a lot of these designs from scratch. Craster's wives' costumes were woven from raffia, rabbit skin, and feathers that were then aged in their breakdown rooms. They have breakdown <laughs> rooms. They have yeah. rooms dedicated to aging. Like, can you, like, we talked a bit about aging last week where you really, like, distressing a costume and just, yes. like, dirtying it. Imagine a whole room with, like, fake dirt, fake snow. It's someone's job. It's, it's several people's jobs. That to be my job. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I will be bringing a, a, a costumer on who that has been her job is to age costumes, oh. and it's amazing. Um, and then uh, even like Daenerys's Dothraki costume. Oh, that was hand woven. Yeah, in house. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and again, you know, just the embroidery work that we touched on. And really, I can't say enough. Go to Michelle Carragher's embroidery website. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about what goes into making the costumes of Westeros. But you didn't come here for a lesson on the fashion, <laughs> like a history lesson on fashion. We are here to talk about how to make some costumes, and we're going to start off one for the boys: <laughs> Jon Snow's Night Watch. Yes. Yeah. So this was like the second most voted costume, which made me really happy because a lot of guys have been writing in, like, "Oh, is it just going to be girl costumes?" And well. Yes, the majority of the costumes we talk about will probably be female. I do want to try to make a point to talk about men's costumes mm-hmm. as much as we can. Uh, so a little bit about the Night Watch clothing. Uh, the Land of Castle Black, it's cold. It's freezing. It's mm-hmm. desolate. Uh, and as such, the men of the Night's Watch rely on fur and leathers and wools to create their look. But since the Night's Watch is so poor, Night's Wash... Night's Watch is so poor. Most of the new recruits only have the clothing on their back when they arrive. So if you're someone like Jon Snow or Samuel Tarly and come from a nice family, you tend to have nice clothing. Mm -hmm. But if you're a poor sack from the prisons, you're going to be in, like, tatters. Yep. And, uh... There's just not a lot of metal is going to be worn in the in the coal because the thing about metal is that it doesn't retain heat. Yep. So that's why you see these thick leather. And, and when we say leather, we mean like 
um, well, this is a little bit on the thinner side, but but garment leather versus what we know as like hide, yeah. like thick veggie tan leather, which is going to be you see that more for molded armor. Um, so if you look a uh, look at John's um, tunic, it's going to be probably like a backed you know leather that's suede on one side. This yeah. is I love this piece. This actually came from um, Tandy leather. This mm-hmm. is a red suede. It's actually going to be used in a Diablo Demon Hunter uh, hood. Oh, okay. Um, but it's a, it's a really nice thick weight. Um, sometimes they even print the weights on the back of them. Uh, but you could see something like this, but with more like the um, leather finish uh, that you could use to create Jon Snow's tunic. Uh, now, what I love with leather is finding something with a texture. Yes. So this yeah. uh, dark brown one that I have, which is uh, a six ounce weight, um, very lightweight. So definitely you'd want something uh, lighter. It's got... I don't probably can't zoom in, but I'll, I'll have it later in the uh, show notes. It's got a really nice, like, uh, looks like vein, like veiny, like mm-hmm. texture. Yeah. It's uh, you well, it know, looks like like almost like, like our skin. Yeah, skin. it looks like skin. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, this is a great piece. If you happen to live in Atlanta, there's a place called um, Fabric Fine Fabrics, and they have great pieces of leather like this. I got this for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, and so using uh, a leather like that, you could recreate John's uh, tunic. I would recommend deer lambskin is my yeah. my choice. Well, and a heavier weight. His is a very heavy weight, and he's yeah. also wearing um, quilted that pads. That was exactly yes. what I was going to say. He definitely has some quilted pads going on there, <laughs> which are nice. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Would you would you say if you want to do something a bit more accurate, would you do leather on the outside and a quilted well, lining? So or? he's so his tunic yeah. itself is leather, but mm-hmm. there's quilted pads underneath it yeah. that are more of like probably a cotton. Cotton, like mm-hmm. just black dyed like, yeah. cotton. cotton. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and and now I know not everyone's jam is using dead animals. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get that. Uh, faux leather is yeah. another great option. Yeah. I was gonna say you could use synthetic leather or even Which even I in used. a pinch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Even in a pinch, you especially if you were doing like the quilted padded stuff, you could even use like an ultra suede if you just gave yeah. it a little extra texture. Yeah. Hey, where's where's your? Uh, oh yeah, I yeah, have just to show. My, uh, I'll show you on the underskirt here mm-hmm. on my Daenerys dress. Like this, this is all ultra suede. So, and you yeah. can actually get ultra suede at Joann's. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Yep, they have a large selection of ultra suede at Joann's. I'm just noticing that this one is all uh, surged on the ends as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and another like uh, looking in the uh, upholstery section for faux leathers is a great thing. Uh, I don't know if you guys have Hobby Lobbies around, but they tend to have really interesting embossed leathers. Yeah. So they're... And they have really good sales. Yeah. They do. Yeah, they do. I, yo, I just want to say, like, has anyone noticed that Joanne's app has not had really good coupons lately? No, the coupons on the Joanne's app have been terrible. Yeah. I had a wonderful, like, they sent it to my house coupon. Yeah, like the 15% thing. Yeah. yeah, but they've all expired now. I know. I'm like, where's my next one? Guys, sign up for the text. I get texts, like, almost daily. Oh, oh. of coupons? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and they're good. Mm. I mean, they're, as soon as one expires, mm. I get a text for another one. I was like, oh, I should go buy something. Oh, my gosh. I just yeah. have time. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I never thought about text. that. Yeah. It's the technology of the future. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Who would have known? I know, right? Oh, oh my God. I have to talk to people on my phone. That's gross. Like typing? Yeah. I don't know about that. That's gross. Um, oh, and I wanted to also point out, too, when you're looking for character references, especially for shows, I mean, obviously, you can watch something, pause mm-hmm. a lot. I'm actually a huge action figure collector, and I yeah. do that because you get a perfect turnaround yeah. at 360. And the detail's intense. They have mm-hmm. they go through the licensing of, yeah. like, with yeah. Game of Thrones to get that hap- to happen. So yeah. Yeah. it's amazing. 
So I would I would really recommend if, if there's a character you want to cosplay and the action figure is out, pick it up. Uh, or if you have the money, definitely buy a Hot Toys because it's uh, adult <laughs> action figures for like $300 that are insanely detailed yeah, and accurate. Perfection. <laughs> uh, now, you had some really great suggestions for patterns uh, for the tunics. Yeah, for, so for Jon Snow, when I was looking around just as inspiration, the thing that's interesting is that there are some commercially produced Game of Thrones patterns, but they're all for women. Yeah. Um, there is yeah. a really decent uh, what's actually a Hobbit pattern yeah. mm-hmm. that I found uh, that is I wrote it down uh, 1552, yeah, 1552. Yeah. Um, and it is a simplicity pattern and it has like a nice tunic in there there's a cloak in there that cloak is a little different because it's one of the ones that like has armholes in it basically yeah. but you, I mean you can alter that fairly easily enough um, and that does also you know give you suggestions in terms of how you're going to attach the fur all around the collar at the top um, I also have a pattern that we've used for cloaks in my family for years. It's another simplicity one. I think this came out. Oh, around, this is my favorite around the time yeah. of Lord of the Rings. So this I don't is, even know if this pattern's. I think I don't know. I don't know if it's in print it. anymore. But yeah, yeah it, simplicity it, nine eight eight seven. Like this, these are some great cloak patterns. And this, they all have hoods, um, mm-hmm. which the Night's Watch ones the, don't. don't. And um, you can just omit it. Omit it. And I mean, you're you're gonna attach like a fur cowl around the top anyway. Yeah. So which I did. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I did a um, Game of Thrones mashup a while back. If it'll come out of my seat. No, you're sitting no. on it. Oh, no. <laughs> but for the for the fur, yeah. this is a cloak that just has... I think I'm going to have to get up and move this. I think you are. I think okay. you're going to have to get up. Oh, okay. my God. Here we go. Oh, my God. I'm breaking the fourth wall Uh-oh. or something. Uh-oh. Or just okay, breaking not. your cloak. <sighs> I don't care. I made this in like three minutes, so it's not a big deal. As you do. You know. <laughs> well, no big I was deal. doing a big shoot and I had to get stuff done. Um, this is literally just a rectangle put together, like that I've stitched yeah. together. Yeah. Um, I'm still sitting on something somehow. <laughs> there, there's a lot this of fabric in these a lot clothes. Of it. Just so you all know. The character had to get kicked off the wall, so it had to be super long and Oh my gosh. And and you use like a, a stretchy mm-hmm. type material. Mm-hmm. Wow, I use just as my stock. I have a lot yeah. of black fabric because black is like a all variety. Super fashionable. It's kind of necessary. Yeah, that's cool. But for the fur, um, let me see where the front is on this sucker. I think it's here. Mm-hmm. I attached it to the outside and then staple, like stapled it down, so that that way you see it when it's on. So oh, it's around so, you. so you sewed right side to wrong yeah. side. So yeah. So what she did. So say like you have the right side of the fabric, which is your fa- uh, which yes. is like what you want to face out. Um, and you have your right side of your your fur, which will do contrast in red. Uh, you take the right side of the fur. Mm-hmm. And then you stapled it. <laughs> it's hard to explain the that wrong side. Yeah. And then there we go. Say, yeah, we have it right there. Yeah, so. yeah. So the the yeah. the wrong so, the wrong the right to the right. Yeah. And then I oh, curve the both underneath. Yeah, yeah. And then you just flip it. Flip and it my secret is <laughs> I use tag guns, which is what they use. Oh yeah. It's no one ever uses tag What's guns. A, like like a for for clothing tags. Like yeah. yeah. You can see it right yeah, here. Just oh my gosh. And I use that to tack it down in place. Genius. Only because I was doing this on a film like on a set, and I had three minutes. And That's I was like, amazing. oh, shoot, let me just quickly tag this. That's so, so amazing. That's I love it. I'm just going to wear my hood now. <laughs> I'm just going to um, be Jon Snow. I love it. I, yeah, just be Jon Snow. Be angry. I, I actually, um, Perfect. I, uh, I, I will get to it in a little second, um, but I also have an, another cloak tutorial of how you can make a circle cloak. Uh, but real quick, uh, because I don't want to screw with uh, my producer's wonderful uh, <laughs> order here, um, for a pant pattern, I would look at Simplicity 4059, 
Uh, it's a generic men's renaissance, but yep. I think you can get some decent pants out of that. And, uh, of course, for your generic, all piratey, flowy men's <laughs> shirt, you have uh, Butterick 4486. Yeah. And um, we can uh, also use Butterick 4574 if you want some more tunic styles. I love this because it's, uh, it's very Robin Hood is the tunic style. Yeah. Butterick has a whole line called Making History yeah. that is great. It was actually yeah. developed by like a, 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 a historical fashion. Yeah. Um, it's it's d- especially great like, too if you just need to make like bags or, yeah. you know, hats, hats that go or along something with random. What you're, yeah, and, you need. And I'm blanking on the, the woman who was in charge of them, but she's got a, a strong history in, in historical reproduction and it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's a great line. <laughs> now, in terms of making the cloak, well, you could do what Katie did, which is cut a rectangle mm-hmm. and gather. Um, a lot of the Night's Watch cloaks are uh, a giant circle. And um, it's really easy to make a circle uh, yeah. uh, cloak. So as you can see on this image, you see there's a lot of body. There's a lot of weight. A lot of gathers, like, mm-hmm. like in Katie's. Um, so the way you make a, a circle is I just kind of like took a circle skirt pattern mm-hmm. and elongated it. You've got to have your radius and your length. Those are your two most important things. And as uh, Stephen will pull up the graphic here... Um, so yep. this right here kind of explains uh, what you need to do. This even has a handy table of like, if you your radius is this big, your length should be this big. But basically, you take a, a rectangle piece of fabric and you fold it lengthwise and you fold it widthwise. So you kind of have this uh, wonderful... Uh, Kind of square. Sure. For real we can fabric. use my, my circle for later. I know. And like and then, this, and, and then, then like this. Yeah. Yep. And then what you do is figure out what your radius of your shoulders are going to be. And whenever <laughs> you want to gather something, think about it in, in two and a half. So, like, let's say your measurements of your shoulder are 14 mm-hmm. from point to point. I would do 28 plus 7. 35 35 is what I would cut my radius, the inner circle to be. Now, knowing that that's there's four pieces, mm-hmm. I would take 35 divided by four, figure right. out the math, and I would do my radius. Now, in order to get the length, I would want it from my shoulders down to my feet. What I do, um, I, once I figure out that length, I'll take my uh, tape measure mm-hmm. and put the tape measure at the center point in the middle of my neck hole and say I want it 45 inches long I'd use a pin drop the pin in the neck hole or in the in the in the hole on the on the um tape measure mm-hmm. bring it all the way down and you can use it like a protractor and mm. create a perfect 45 uh degree length cloak or mm-hmm. skirt or whatever so that's how I would make my cloak and then I would um I wouldn't gather I would I would probably do cartridge pleats but I'm just obsessed with cart- cartridge <laughs> pleats you could uh do a double stitch and gather for that cloak Oh, I hate double stitching, especially on a nice thick fabric. Yeah. is a pain. Yeah, but I just you're... I just kind of pleat. Yeah, I hand do it. Yeah, so and, it'll be like. This. And if you're curious about cartridge pleating, watch last week's Cinderella episode <laughs> because I actually give you a tip on how to use pleating tape to make things so much easier. <laughs> How's that for throwing back? Um, and then yeah, again, I would definitely use like a heavy linen yeah. or just. I mean, what you have, even though it's a synthetic material, works so well. Yeah, well, and it has a really great look at the bottom because distressing is super important for Night's Watch, yeah. and because it is, it's a. It, I want to say it's like a cotton linen blend. It has a yeah. slub in it, so you can see when you look through it, you can see lines. Mm-hmm. That's a slub, which uh, slub looks always to me give it more texture. Yeah. yeah, and it looks more real. And a slub is like a, a distortion in the fabric. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a 
Uh, it's on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not an accident. Yeah. Um, I want to say I got this fabric for like $3 at Michael Levine's in downtown LA. That's awesome. That's great. The, no, I have a question. How did you do the faux um, snow on John Snow? Oh, yeah. This is done with Design Master, which is the best spray paint brands in the world. They have a, a fake snow. Oh, my God. Paint. Really? Because I know. So Design Master is a floral spray paint. I've I've only ever found it at Michael's. Yeah. Um, I've only. Yeah. Michael's then online and yeah. then at mm-hmm. um, like Michael Levine or downtown. Oh, yeah. Downtown, like in downtown LA. LA. Right. Yeah. We can find everything. But um, they have a fake snow that uh it has the, the texture and cluster of snowing oh my god that's awesome so yeah. i sprayed it on there and then you let it, you let it dry because yeah. it will take a while to dry because it's thick and of course paint if you paint even more thickness on it makes takes a while that's awesome but yeah. it looks great um this is this has been stored in my attic for like oof, six months or eight months so it's been oh, even better yeah even better so i got a nice musty yeah. smell yeah. Mm. it's just like Yum. a night's watch exactly. i mean if mm. you really want to be authentic yeah. with your yeah. night's watch costume like you need to sleep in it for a few days yeah, a and, few like, months have all your meals in it Let like your just, dogs just go to the bathroom yeah. in it don't be shower definitely yeah. don't shower yeah, don't shower <laughs> uh you know maybe go stab a white walker while you're exactly. wearing it just saying well the other thing too i think his cloak has it or at least a lot of the uh northmen have this mm-hmm. like cross yeah i love this yeah and i got really good at doing i had to make um make something for nerdist uh a punk version oh really that's oh, okay. awesome so i took the leather and i i stitch it in at the at the top here mm-hmm. um i stitch it underneath the fur obviously don't stitch it yeah. to the fur yeah but then uh i couldn't actually do the full thing because i had like limited budget yeah. i just added snaps on the side here oh, and i okay. put snaps onto the breastplate that i built oh, that's, that's awesome. a place. great idea it's so simple and, yeah. and that's a nice way to because a lot of times when you're wearing cloaks it's really difficult to wear them because yeah. they want to, if you have like a little string it falls back and chokes oh. you this is like a nice way to keep it when I saw her design yeah. for this I about lost it <laughs> yeah. like, that's genius what I love is that she does she uses his, historical looks and historical mm-hmm. fashion yeah. and updates them yep. so that they're just yeah. ridiculously gorgeous no it's it's uh, Michelle Clapton yes clap. she's amazing um I oh. I, I see. I'm just. I'm confused as to what's going on with our producer. I'm like, <laughs> there, are we getting a lot Skype going on, on the monitors oh, here? <laughs> oh, and, I, and and real quick, you mentioned the um, Butterwick uh, accessories patterns. Yeah. I have a couple to show you guys. <laughs> We've got the gauntlet water bottle carrier yes. and pouches that are oh, Butterwick brilliant. 5936. And then there's a, a sword holder with scale bracers and shoulder covers. If you want to do some like faux scale mm-hmm. mail, that's Butterwick 55. 80 and then another bracers belt pouches and a men's corset which is uh, super helpful yes. 5371 and i i have all these patterns and i've used them uh for different adaptations like if i'm doing not just medieval stuff but i've used some of the pouches for anime and yep. video game costumes yeah, yeah super i have a helpful. pouch from one of those for a video game costume just in case i needed to carry extra stuff yeah. that's always the challenge with cosplay it's like well, <laughs> yeah. how am i gonna carry, carry everything <laughs> and uh yeah so these are some great patterns and and I think right now I got a I got a text from a friend last night. Simplicity is doing their uh, five for five. Oh, they had a sale at, I was at, no, yeah. I was there yesterday at Joanne's. Yeah, so I go out because I went into Joanne's yesterday, being like, "Oh, there's only so many things I can yeah. find online. I'm just going to scan their pattern books and see yeah. if I find anything else I think would be helpful for Game of Thrones." And then it was like, "What five for five? And I totally lost track of. What I don't I was know why anyone pays full price for them. I know there's yeah. always a sale. Uh, no, but there's always that one time that I need a pattern for something. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a Vogue pattern. And yep. It's twenty four dollars. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so the, even though these are Butterick, uh, Simplicity is on sale right now. So yeah. uh, run out after the show and get some. Well, mm-hmm. the other thing with uh, John Snow that we didn't touch mm-hmm. on was the fur that they use. Yes, yes. Um, they tend to use buffalo hide, mm-hmm. I believe, Ooh. Um, which has a really good length to it, yeah. which is why it looks so matted and and just filthy yeah. when they wear it. Well, and that's Ugh. something I wanted I to bring it. in. So I brought in my. Uh, 
my Loki cloak from my female Loki. And this is a really thick synthetic fur, um, which you can actually dye synthetic fur. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend it if you want a nice result, but you can use vinegar and yeah. polyester dye um, uh, to, to dye it. Use a spray bottle and you can mat it up. But that's a really good way if you want an ultra like matty yeah. Jon Snow or nice watch cloak. It's a perfect way to build in your yeah. distressing while you're building exactly. the costume. Exactly. And you can do that authentic thing where you dye everything black. Yep. Yeah. Oh. All right. Brilliant. So We've covered John, and now we're getting over to the dress. <laughs> the girl section? The dress. That dress, though. I know. That, incredible. That dress. Uh, Marjorie's wedding dress was like, everyone's like, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's build it. Uh, this has been on my must-make list since I saw it. Uh, you can see how far... I got from making it. <laughs> hey, you hard step one. Here. Exactly. Um, this dress took five to six weeks of construction. Michelle Carriger handmade each rose that you see in this dress, and only one gown was made, which they had to be careful mm -hmm. to make sure, like, nothing was spilled on it. No yeah. fake blood. Well, I mean, and you have to think about, I mean, this dress was worn in a wedding feast scene, yeah. and they filmed for seven days, so she was in this very light colored dress that there was only one version of filming around food for which seven days. Like, which to Natalie Dormer's credit, yeah. she was extremely cautious yes. with this. She's quite experienced and amazing. Yeah. She she yeah. really is. Now, in terms of styling the queen to be, you really see Marjorie's influence begin in season three when the women uh, of King's Landing start to dress like her and mm -hmm. less like Cersei. Yeah. Um, her dress really shows the departure that she's nothing like the queen regent. Mm -hmm. You know, more skin showing, hair in the updo. But yeah. in season five, uh, as we'll start to see, she actually starts to dress a bit more. Did you guys know she kind of dressed a oh, bit yeah. more like Cersei? In oh, she was dressed episode? almost exactly yeah. like Cersei in the last episode. Which yeah. I thought that was great. And I'm just kind of like, oh no, what are you what are you doing there? I know. You don't think it's maybe a mind game? Oh, it's totally oh, it's absolutely <laughs> She's a mind the game. Smartest girl yeah. in yeah. there. And then uh one of the things I love about going back to the wedding dress is the motifs of the creeping briar rose yes. to show that she's pretty but dangerous. Yeah, and it carried through to the crown yeah. that she wears in the wedding scene as well. The antlers being wrapped around yeah. being, yeah. being strangled by thorns. Yeah. Uh, it's it's when when you have a costume designer who puts so much thought like this mm -hmm. into a costume, it for us, for those of us who watch the show, not just for it being a good show, yeah. but for the costuming, I, it gives me chills. <laughs> I've gotten goosebumps like six yeah. times yeah. talking about this just yeah. now. Yeah, I know. So, uh, no, in terms of the dress fabric, it was a silk linen mix. Um, oh. oh, 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 we have a collar. Oh. oh, my gosh. Sorry. Guys, this is new. We've never taken a collar. <laughs> I need to find my headphones. I don't think these work. Um, wow, guys. Uh, Sarah Parker, who is an amazing Game what of Thrones costumer in uh, her own right, has called in. Might have fallen down. <laughs> Do, I got it. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, Hi, I can Sarah. <laughs> that is so cool. I didn't want to interrupt your flow, but um, I was asked to call. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I'm so like we've. I've never taken a call on yeah. any of my shows here, so totally. I'm. This is a. Uh, this is not your traditional Letterman. We like to have fun, so thanks for calling in and thanks for sending in some amazing videos and pictures. Thanks for having me. It's so awkward because right now I see you, I hear you myself at the same time. It's really weird. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I really love what you guys are doing. I mean, I've watched the first episode. I'm watching the second right now. I'm actually calling in, which is so weird for me. So, <laughs> And sorry if I sound a bit weird. I'm from Germany. I live in Ohio right now. Oh, my and gosh. 
I started cosplaying Egret because a lot of people actually told me I look like Egret, and that's how I got into the whole Game of Thrones stuff. Like, I watched the show before, but I didn't make costumes for it, and um, I think that was like two years ago, and now I've just collected so much knowledge and everything. I'm like geeking out when you guys are talking about the patterns. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Fun. You make an amazing Igret too. I really, I just, I love it. Like you really went went to town with the furs and the different materials on your costume. It's so crazy warm. Um, <laughs> I've never tried the snow you were talking about. Um, oh I yeah, the spray paint. design master, yeah, design master spray. <laughs> yeah, because um, I couldn't find it, and then I'm like, well, screw it. Let's just take the, uh, the paint and paint the whole costume. So <laughs> I've like several layers because I'm normally wearing the cave outfit underneath the um, the costume you're showing right now and it's so super warm plus you have triple layers of color on top and uh, I was at Indiana Comic Con actually um, I got stopped so often and people actually on the street out of cars were yelling like Egret, Egret, can we have a photo? Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, normally, I just make it a bit more bloody and put makeup on. But I just came home from work, so <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Keep it up. Thank you. <laughs> thank, yeah, you. Well. thank you. Aww, yay! That awesome. That's awesome, guys. We got our first call in. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> This is such a cool... I love new media. It's so fun. It's amazing. It's so fun. It's well, live and interactive. It, I know. It's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we'll we'll show pictures of her. Regret, uh, I have them a little bit later. Um, but real quick, uh, going into making Marjorie's gown, um, one of the things when I was doing my research for it was I wanted to get as accurate as possible. And I, I'd known that there was a, a leaf... In the uh, in the design of the dress, well, um, I was able to find it's a silk linen mix, mm-hmm. uh, and I was able at the uh, embroidery store down in um, not embroidery the home decor store in uh, off of Wall and Ninth. Uh, oh, in the uh, in the in fashion, the fashion district, district. I actually found it's a it's actually a silk synthetic mix was the closest, mm, nice. but the color looked um, the closest that I liked, and uh, the thing I'm, I've been having trouble with in terms of the dresses is patterning. Because uh, there's no pattern. There's no even yeah. like a, not not even that there's a commercial pattern available. There's nothing yep. like it because the dress was actually draped on a dress form, and mm-hmm. it's it's draped on what's called the bias. Now, it's, yeah. Now this is a, <laughs> this is a, we're getting into technical terms here. When you have the fabric, you have the uh, straight grain, the cross grain, and the bias. And the straight grain is the length of the fabric. That will mm-hmm. be what your entire bolt of the fabric is. You know, up to. 50 yards, Mm -hmm. if not more. Uh, The cross grain is the width of the fabric. And how you can tell the cross grain of... of um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, now the the length the the straight grain will have the weird selvage mm-hmm. is the extra um, bits that uh, really or sometimes are awesome because you can use it as an auto hem mm-hmm. if you don't want to search or hem something. Um, and then the bias is the diagonal. Yeah. And when you have a fabric cut on the bias, um, it's going to drape in a very certain way. That's why when you see circle skirts after a couple of years, they start to hang funny. Yep. Uh, it's because they're com- cut on a complete circle and where the fabric is cut on the bias, no matter what, there's going to be a natural stretch. Mm-hmm. It might not be a lot if it's a tight woven fabric, yeah. but there's a, a, a small amount of stretch that's going to give the fabric uh, weight that it normally uh, doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And so Marjorie's gown was cut on the bias and draped on this dress form and, and molded onto a dress form that was an exact copy of Natalie Dormer's body. Mm-hmm. And and to cr- recreate that, uh, that is beyond... 
Uh, this cosplay coach's skill set. Yeah. I'll just say, cause I don't have a I don't come, have a body come to my house. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing about the bias uh, biases is that we didn't start using them until about the medieval ages, is mm-hmm. when the Gothic ages, when when bias cut came into fashion. It's very form fitted. It you don't need to have a zipper or other form of closures because it can pull on over your head and stretch around you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it, that that fa- that went out of fashion, and then it came back in like 1930. And 1920s to 30s is when we saw oh, the bias. Yes. Yeah. I feel like especially in the 30s, you had those like long, drapey mm-hmm. movie stars, mm-hmm. starlet gowns. Yes. Yeah, so well. with with her gown, it's to me, it's influenced by both medieval and 1930s fashion yeah. mm-hmm. with the cutouts that's much more modern day. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a... It's quite the gown. And it, there's a ton of structure in it inside of it, just like in all of Marjorie's other gowns. Yes. Like you have a ton of boning that you're not seeing mm-hmm. that's helping hold everything in place that she doesn't <laughs> yeah. wear a bra Which or I anything. brought uh, some of yeah. my uh, spiral steel boning mm-hmm. uh, today. I don't know if we want to mm. show it in here. It's uh, basically little rings of metal. And this is... it's uh, Spiral steel is great because it will go along the curve. Yeah, yeah. it, it allows you to keep your figure yeah. while, keep, while cinching you a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, and so maybe uh, I'll go over to Katie's house and yeah. we can uh, we can drape this dress. Uh, I also failed draping and, and pattern drafting was my thing in college. Draping not so much. <laughs> I, I learned had to learn both in theater. So yeah, no, I know. I gotcha. I, I didn't. I learned it. I just ignored it. Um, <laughs> I also no, had to learn a little of both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a pattern drafter. Uh, now in terms of uh, some of the details you see, you see the stems which were a combination of silver plated cord, which is pretty readily available. Available, mm-hmm. uh, but mixed with some uh, gimp mesh and uh, covered with wire. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's silver plated cord, which you can go to Joanne's and, and buy get it. it. Yeah, it, it looks kind of chintzy and mm-hmm. hokey, but once you start covering it with these other pieces, mm-hmm. you really get the detail. Um, and some of the uh, thorns. Uh, were a mix of Czech glass spikes, and then you also see um, silver painted leather cut and molded like the mm-hmm. le- leafy parts mm-hmm. into shape. Now, if you're looking for those um, little spikes, I would look up like Czech glass beads, and Czech glass spikes is a good. Uh, I found those on Etsy. Yeah, nice. And yeah. then you can just paint them. Yeah, spray. Yeah, get some chrome uh, chrome spray paint. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan. I don't like. Uh, I like Rust-Oleum. I tend to yeah, be a Rust-Oleum yeah, girl versus Krylon. Do I don't use either of those. Yeah. I use Montana Gold. Oh, oh, you go fancy. I go for the real deal. Yeah, she goes what, what taggers <laughs> use is what you use. That's <laughs> yeah. like, like... Well, that stuff's not going anywhere. Uh, it's not going anywhere. It's You're right. Nice quality. <laughs> So. Um, and, and those leaves are going to be cut from like a fine leather and they're painted and they're cut in various sizes and they're stitched onto the stems with an in- additional velvet embroidered sprigs and wired leaves. So a ton of work, a ton yeah. of work. Um, now you know why they only made one of them. I, yeah, and like when they had, and, and, and what was it? Uh, they had three weeks. Yeah, three, three weeks of stress. Yeah. but when you have a hundred people working maybe, on it, yeah. Then. Now uh, we have a treat for you. So one of the things that stand out the most in this costume are the roses. Yes. Now while um, they're, they claim that they're made from the same fabric of the dress, I'm going to say I see some variations in color. Um, I think yes. there are some different... We kind of see some velvet and we see some uh, other uh, parts. Uh, Katie here has brought um, us a tutorial, yeah. a live demo of how to make the roses. Yeah, Yay. so this is um, this is a pretty easy technique. Uh, I actually made a bunch of these for my wedding a few years ago. So I'm just using felt, and because felt doesn't have a, a grain, it doesn't fray, which... If you're trying to do this dress very quickly, this is going to be what you want to do, um, rather than doing what they did, which is probably fold it over, make a circle, and then 
roll it up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple different ways to do it. One of the ways that Meredith and I were just chatting about before this was you cut a circle out and then I made little waves in it. This is really uh, quickly done. Mm-hmm. But your I fold it over and I try to do it off of... Uh, like just said, it's off of each other and then just roll it up. It's really this simple. <laughs> um, this is a really big one. And just glue it into place. With like- you can glue it into place. Mm-hmm. I would recommend sewing it mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you're going to take the time to make this dress, hot glue shouldn't be involved. Um, <laughs> but on. that's Let's my do own. Marjorie hot glue challenge. <laughs> that would be amazing. It has to be out of duct tape too. Yes. Um, so it's just, it's a simple little rose. Uh, you can tack it down here. Yeah. And then this is where they added all of that detail work to make it look like it's grown into mm-hmm. the dress. Oh, wow. um, but that's all it takes. And then maybe a tack right in here. Um, mm-hmm. To, to keep it together. You could also just cu- cut it on a circle, and um, I did a million of these, so I'm getting really good at circles. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see if we can do it quickly. Uh, but just a circle. Eh, this is more of a square, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then just, again, roll tightly. And there's a tiny little rosebud. It's that's so that's perfect. It's so simple yeah. and easy. Perfect. Wow. I mean, it's, it's just like, I guess... Uh, Get some wine, get some cheese, get a couple of your friends. Yeah. And have make a rose roses. Party. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I seriously would make my friends dinner if they came over and helped me make, yeah. make roses. Yeah. And I've been told that my curry is worth a thousand roses. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll help. Yes. I love curry. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, there's a, a quick and easy rose tutorial, which again, another very daunting thing about the costume, but taken away. Yeah. Just, that's amazing. super easy. Just get drunk and, <laughs> and, and make roses. Make just make a bunch of them. Between me and, and crystals. Right. <laughs> um, now on the, on the front of the bodice uh you're going to see actually a few um silver metal roses that uh are pulled over from um her brother's mm. armor which is a really nice touch and uh further embellishment was uh painted fish scale uh sequins and swarovski crystal centers goosebumps i know mm-hmm. i know whenever i see swarovski it's my vein of existence so and um we see the, uh, <laughs> copying me though, though the I'm, I'm sorry these are not real swarovski because i didn't have thousands of dollars <laughs> these are china glass and they look just they look the good. exact they same look, they yeah. really do and i spent twenty dollars on fourteen hundred yeah <laughs> um now uh again with the the briar motif it's going up the bodice but also down the trail joining at the front like a belt with a central flower that has a pearl and labradorite center with petals made of velvet and crystal organza the briars flow from the front of the bodice around the waist and flow down to the center of the back in a cascade of roses spilling onto the train of the dress from michelle clapton herself talking about um how she designed this beautiful my god (laughs) <laughs> just, just beautiful. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. Um, so we, uh, and and I think if you want to do um, leather thorns, uh, I think there's a, a couple cheap ways you can do that. I mean, you can obviously cut out some leather, mm-hmm. um, but I think you can probably look. If you look online enough, you can probably find something and paint it. Yeah. Because uh, leather can get a little pricey. Yeah. I think, too, if you wanted to do the leather thorns, you could almost do them in a similar fashion to doing the roses, but sort yeah. of the opposite. Yeah. Where you're, you know, you're pulling it to a point and then, you know, you can either seam it on the inside or just tack it down. That's true. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and 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 then I would do faux leather for save yourself. Oh yeah, no, I, I would not use real leather. And and like I said, if you, for the in terms of like the the spikes, you you can't actually just use regular spikes because they're not threaded properly. Yeah. In order to to bead this properly, you need like the little holes to be at mm-hmm. the base of the spikes. So that's yeah. why I found um, looking up vintage pearl vintage pearl teardrop beads or metal silver teardrop beads is like the key. Mm-hmm. And if you get them in pearl you can paint them or sometimes you can find them. But it's a bright stainless steel yeah. so I'd still tone them down some. 
That's what I do. And then now you brought up the crown. I want to show the crown. Yes. (laughs) On screen. It is uh, phenomenal. And the only way I, as a cosplayer, could probably recreate this, um, I would feel model magic would be something I would do. Uh, Realistically, I'd probably go to our pop maker. Mm -hmm. Um, Sculpey, I think, would be too heavy. Yes. I've made this out of Sculpey. Actually, it's not that heavy. Yeah, really? Okay. Because the crown is only, like, this big. You're right. It's only a little half circle on top of her head. Um, And actually, I made the flowers. I got a really cool flower. um, Not I would say a bee, but it was, like, full three-dimensional flower. Oh, cool. And then I put it, I colored that and then uh, glued that into the crown. Again, this, well, this was for a quick shoot. Right. But still. But. Yeah, and oh, then that's... and then the rest of the crown, it's it's very lightweight. I mean, the the the, the thickness. Do you, do you of it have is... pictures of it at home? I do. I have okay, it. I'll, yeah. I'll, we'll have Katie tweet that out. Yeah. Um, from the cosplay coach account, so yeah. you guys can see it. And if you have any questions, I'm sure she'll she'll answer. I'm curious yeah, awesome. to know what this was actually made out of on the show. Like yeah. just looking at it. Oh, it, it's. I mean, it's it's. They have a metal worker that yeah, makes yeah, all of this. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's definitely metal. I mean, because it's it a almost, bronze, it, probably. It, it, yeah, I know that's what I was but thinking. It, it was like a, looks wood carved. It does. It really does. All of the antlers. If you see the details of all of the different crowns that they use, because they've used several different crowns, right. All mm-hmm. of them have like the wood grain. Was antlers have a grain to them? They, absolutely, yeah. it's yeah. phenomenal. No, it's all the little attention to detail, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Marjorie's wedding dress broken down. <laughs> for those of you that want to go attempt this beast at home. <laughs> So there's some patterns you can uh, I mean, you can pull well, upon. Well, for, for pull upon, and also I just wanted to because the commercial companies have really glommed on to yes. Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, and and we didn't get a chance to talk about Daenerys or the other costumes. Of so, yeah. um, and obviously this is I feel Game of Thrones. We can come back to the show yeah. several <laughs> times over throughout the year, but I want I do want to kind of point out we have the Simplicity 1246, yep. which is a great uh, Daenerys versus Marjorie pattern. Yeah, I think that the Daenerys in this is really good. It really yeah. looks quite a lot like the the blue dress that I mentioned earlier mm. that actually has all the dragon scale embroidery up around the neckline. Uh, Marjorie uh, wants a little not so much, <laughs> but it's a dollar today. It, it so. looks it looks like Marjorie mixed with Sansa with the neck uh, the yeah, cowl yeah. of the neck. That's, the, that's my biggest problem with this costume is that it's got that neck yeah. thing. So definitely don't make that if you want to yeah. use this yeah. for Marjorie. Um no, this is a, an interesting Lord it's of the Rings uh, Game of and, and Game of Thrones mashup. It's fantasy. Got, Put it together. It yeah. But and, and so it's um this one is Simplicity 1347 mm-hmm. again on sale. You can you can do Arwen for Lord of the Rings, or you've got three different Daenerys outfits yeah. in the pack, which yeah, is you pretty have, uh, versatile. Her, her wedding dress, her Carthine gown, mm-hmm. and uh, her Khaleesi yeah. woven getup. <laughs> and uh, I don't think it teaches you how to hand weave fabric. Probably not. Probably Unfortunately, not. not. But uh... but it's a it's a it's, I have that pattern, and it's a really helpful pattern. Yeah, you know. Yeah, even and and something that I find that I'll do a lot is find patterns that you use as like a jumping off point yeah. and yeah. then you know study what the costumes actually look like and and sort of adapt from yeah. there and and like i said anytime you want to use a pattern look for something with matching style yes. lines yep. and that's that's the key and then uh lastly we have a Cersei simplicity 1487 um i i don't like it as much as the uh I believe it's a McCall's one. Yes, I like the McCall's Cersei yeah, a lot better, so too. Much better, which I is can't the- remember if it's this mm-hmm. one or the McCall's one. The pattern maker who made this pattern for them commercially mm-hmm. posted on her blog about how to 
change the pattern up slightly because when they oh, were doing all the skirts yeah. and folding it all together to package it up in this right. package, mm-hmm. it was way too much fabric. And so oh, they came back to her and wow. said, reduce the skirt. And so oh. she will tell you how to alter the pattern to, to make, make it, it the full yeah. skirt. Yeah, yeah. That's I, awesome. I also don't think Simplicity has the license where McCall's yeah. does. I think, it's, I think it's the McCall's yeah, pattern. Because that's the McCall's pattern, which I don't have the number. That doesn't look like anyone's. It's the McCall's. Hold on, where did I put it down? Oh, wait, go back to that more. picture, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Please, please, yeah. It's it's an interesting like you know kimono esque. Well, and it's like with the BG wear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um and then we also have a really great uh, Daenerys one. Yeah, which, which is, is what, what mine is actually made yeah, from. Yeah, can you show the, the yeah, top off again? I, I dropped it on the floor. Oh, that's fine. We'll you can get off the chair yeah, too. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah. So this um this was made from that pattern. And the thing that's actually really interesting about this one is that, and this is accurate for Daenerys's as well, but it is open in the back here and just attaches at the top. So you could actually use the back of this pattern to help you guide to do Marjorie's backless dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this this is just made out of like a crepe back satin and uh, a ultra suede. That's awesome. Yeah. And distressed. And distressed, too. yeah. yeah. Most, mostly uh, just with temper paints. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do with just like the, the cheap, yeah. really the cheap stuff. Yeah. Um, now also, uh, we got a video submission from Knox Costumes where she explained how she made her Daenerys. Oh. So let's cut to that real quick. Excellent. Hi, this is Knox Costuming and I'm here to tell you a little bit of how I made this costume. So this is a Cersei Lannister dress from season one and two of Game of Thrones. Um, the entire dress is made out of silk and is hand embroidered. There are five birds on the dress. Each is made with embroidery floss and feathers, which I embroidered onto organza and then cut out and stitched onto the dress. There's additional embroidery throughout the entire dress that is done with silver thread, green, and black beads. Um, I also made the uh, belt, which is made from warbla and craft foam. And I also did the side, which is uh, done on a chain mail, which I hand weaved myself. One of the biggest challenges on the dress was there was a unique tan paisley pattern that was on part of the dress. So, which I'll show you here. So what I ended up doing was I made a stamp out of EVA foam and just cut the details in with a soldering iron and just used that to stamp the patterns onto the dress. So that's just about it. Uh, if you have any questions, you want to know more about how I made the dress, there's a ton of work in progress pictures on my page. And feel free to drop on by and ask any questions you have. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much, Knox Costumes, for submitting that video. And also, if you guys want to um, submit your videos uh, for upcoming shows, please do, because we will air them. I uh, also want to feature a couple of wonderful cosplayers who submitted some pictures. Lady Stabba in her Cersei. Nice. Phenomenal. Gorgeous. That armor. I know. Yeah. She did such a great job. And we also have Marie Rose as Daenerys. And... Um, Oh, uh, someone's phone is making buzzy sounds. Uh-oh. Sorry, sorry. Um, can't have phones on on the booth. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's our fault. We're not wearing yeah. our headpieces today, so, <laughs> so Stephen can't talk on. to us. But yeah, and then we also have Marie Rose as Daenerys. This, I love her her costume. This photo. Yeah. Uh, both these girls did phenomenal jobs with their costumes. Thank you so much, ladies, mm. uh, for submitting <laughs> your Macy photo. Rose. Oh, Macy Rose, excuse me. Typed it Marie Rose. Oh. My my autocorrect is weird sometimes. I'm so sorry, Macy Rose. I I apologize. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's probably Max out You're to get so you. Sweet. Yeah, I know. Um. So yeah, that's it for the the Game of Thrones costumes for yes. the week. Uh, I wanted. Uh, I promised everyone we'd check back in real quick on Cinderella, and here she is. Um, let me 
not break everything. Uh, oh God, everything's gonna die. So as you can see, I've now added um, the whole dress is sewn together. I've draped the uh, top part, which mm -hmm. um, I got to do at my friend's house the other day because she has a mannequin that fits me. Still have to put the uh, butterflies on it. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, put about 800 crystals <laughs> uh, on 15 yards of fabric and I've got two and a half days to finish. <laughs> How many but, more crystals to go? Uh, about well, I bought fourteen hundred more just before so I came here. Left. So oh. yeah, no, so a lot Even more, <laughs> a lot more. Twelve hundred. Uh, but and nice. then all I have to do is the butterflies, and I'm done. But I will wear her at Big Wow Comic Fest this Saturday. So if you're in San Jose, come say hi. I saw you working on the crinoline too. You're you're stitching the ruffles to the crinoline. Yes, oh, I am. Nice. It's, and that's done. I finished that. Goodbye. Um, today. So <laughs> yeah, and also uh, don't forget, guys, for our monthly challenge. Uh, the original take on your favorite Disney character. We will be collecting submissions of that at the end of the month to right. vote on the first week. So we should have a really awesome prize pack. Hopefully. Yes. Um, and sure yeah. Happens. And uh, before we head off, I want to uh, let Emma share her tip yeah. of the week. Um, so something I've been trying to get better at is uh, wigs. Because mm -hmm. wigs are a really important part of cosplay. And especially if you're doing a Game of Thrones cosplay, yeah. you probably don't have hair as fabulous as all the characters on this show. Um, so when it comes to transporting wigs, it can be a little challenging. Ideally, if it's somewhere that you can drive to or you want to take your wig as like a carry-on, you can actually style the whole thing and then put it like in a like Trader Joe's reusable bag. Any bag that has like a flat bottom, mm -hmm. just close it up and then it transports much better that way. Something that was a real revelation to me was in terms of pinning it to the wig head. I always pinned it along the top, mm -hmm. but then one of my friends, uh, my friend Devin, who actually cuts my hair, was like, yeah, pin it along the base of the neck as well I was like that is genius it keeps it from like flopping over the front and it makes it a lot easier to brush out once you get there as well and uh, of course oh. when you have to transport your wig in a plastic bag or in a hairnet mm -hmm. or whatever if you can't for whatever reason transport it on a wig head you're still going to want to bring it with you but uh, a really quick detangling spray that you can make if say you forgot to bring a, a synthetic detangling mm -hmm. spray for a synthetic wig you can actually use fabric softener um, so you use like one part fabric softener to four parts water. So you dilute it in a little bottle like this guy. And that's also a good way to reduce shine. It's true. Yep. yep. Uh, and so, yeah, you just spritz it and then use a nice mm. thick comb like this. And this is all stuff you can get at CVS or Target and uh, day of the con. Exactly. You've forgotten. Exactly. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a huge disaster and you've forgotten all the things that you need. That's awesome. Well, I know I'll be putting that to use this weekend. <laughs> so uh, I want to uh, thank you ladies so much for coming yeah. out and talking Game of Thrones with me. I hope you yeah. guys at home learned and were inspired to go forth and create magical garments from Westeros. Westeros. I want to say Westeros because it just sounds so fancy. Um, before we go, uh, closing, closing thoughts, anything you want to promote, tell us that we can see you. Emma? Sure. Uh, you can see me on a couple other shows here at After Buzz. We're just doing the last show this week, tomorrow night, for the sci-fi show Face Off. Uh, so that'll be tomorrow night at 8. And then on Sundays, I'm doing Transformers Robots in Disguise at 5, which is a whole lot of fun. Uh, and then I also, outside of here, I, I also cosplay Sailor Venus from Sailor Moon, but I do a Sailor Moon podcast as well. It's called Love and Justice. So uh, if you like Sailor Moon or you like listening to the sound of my voice, uh, you should check that out. <laughs> 
Sorry, I was doing the motions. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> and I Katie? appreciated it. Um, I am on El Hoffer Design at Twitter and on my website. And then I also design for the company We Love Fine, which is welovefine.com. Mm-hmm. Super difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we've got some amazing things. Yeah, we've got some cool stuff coming but, out very, very soon that Meredith was involved in. Oh. Kind of crucial, too. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know what else to promote. I don't I don't have podcasts or anything. Beautiful Joffrey costume. Oh, yeah. My Joffrey oh. costume that I made in four mm-hmm. hours <laughs> that... Uh, is available on I think it's called um, House uh, G- Game of Cards House of Thrones House of Thrones House Great. of Thrones House of awesome. Thrones and uh, guys next week we're going to be talking about a classic favorite film of mine Hook so I'm really excited to break down uh, not just the costume that Hook himself wears but talk a little bit about Robin Williams because you can't not do that now don't forget to subscribe rate tune in and tell a friend to find us on popcorntalknetwork.com the cosplay coach and also if you want to be featured on the cosplay coach you can send in photos if you want to um, send in any of your peter pan or hook related photos next week also we're doing video submissions if you caught that little bit before our show it doesn't have to be necessarily related to show just get in costume do a video of hi my name is and you're watching the cosplay coach and we will feature you on the show and like i said guys you can see me next week at big wow comic fest in san jose California. I'm super excited. Uh, it's my first NorCal convention. So. Oh, yeah. And uh, thank you again for tuning in and letting us share our love of costuming with you. We'll see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.